Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Mabel. And I'm Mitch. And you're listening to Sex, Ed and Chill. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 8, the finale of Season 2, um, and no topic for today. Uh, the arcs for today's episode, and kind of the season as well, uh, there's a lot, so I'll go through quickly. Uh, Jackson is pushing through his anxiety and discomfort to try something new. Ola has forgiven Otis for some reason and is having a great time with Lily. Lily needs to not be so hard on herself. Otis realizes that he's trying too hard to not be his father. Eric realizes that he does love Adam and he can't deny it. Maeve is bonding with her quiz team while her family is falling apart and also bonding with Isaac. Adam needs to fight for who he loves. Jean is pregnant, which complicates the whole heartbreak thing. Maureen is owning her singlehood. Uh, Principal Graf is falling apart completely. Viv is part of a team and realizes that friends are an important part of her life. And Amy is working her way back to her normal self. Wow. Yay. There so is much. a lot. So there much. And I don't think lot. I even I covered everybody. So I know. We'll have to do. Um, I was really into this episode. So good. So I think happens. it was just, just a classic season end wrap up. Yeah. I mm. think especially, like, I think maybe the last, like, couple of episodes, Otis has really been spiraling down, right? Like mm, he has yeah. just been wor- the worst Otis. Um, and I think I really finally enjoyed seeing him get some growth, you know, and yeah, just like about time. actually address what's going on and reflect and seem to get back to being a good Otis. That was- can I can I just say one thing? This is like one of the only problems I have with this episode is that when Ola and Otis are talking. Mm. Ola says that his problem is that he's trying too hard to be good. I, again, I never mentioned that problem again, but I didn't agree with that as Otis's underlying problem at all. So I don't know. <laughs> that really threw me off. And then, and then she's like, oh, it's because you're trying to be, don't want to be your dad. But like, I don't want Otis to think that he's trying too hard to be good because I didn't get that from I Otis. think it kind like... I, I didn't like I think maybe it didn't come across I didn't mind the way she phrased it where she was essentially like you're you're trying too hard to be a good guy that you're losing sight of what that means and I think that was sort of clear at least in when he like when he went back, back to Ola like after we had that whole like awkward camping episode with his dad and he saw his dad just fucking up his whole life with the relationship mm. that we saw that very like like very obviously just prompt Otis to go back and like commit to and I think that was maybe an example where he was like being a good guy means being there for my girlfriend and ignoring anything else that's going on and Mm. like that was a pretty clear example of him losing sight of you actually have to want to be with the person that you're committing to and you should be honest with yourself and others like that's what being a good guy is and so I do agree that maybe it wasn't like a super clear thread throughout his whole like this whole season but I, I think there was sort of like blips where he was like, I guess that was the point. Like, he was losing sight of what being a good guy was. And so we yeah. were watching him, like, have these almost, like, internal monologues and, like, justify actions that were just, like, completely heinous and awful mm. um, because he just completely lost sight of what the right thing was. But, yeah, I kind of agree that it wasn't super, super clear and coherent. Yeah, okay. and I mean, I guess it's important to remember that she's really, like as much as we want her to be talking about his arc in the whole show, she's really just talking about her interactions with yeah, him. Yeah, okay. She That's hasn't true. seen all the other shit that he's been up to. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I just like kind of jumped to the conclusion that like this episode's about Otis obviously like owning up to his shit, you know, mm. and then, yeah. then they threw that in the middle. I'm like, wait. But yeah, yeah. Mabel, the way Mabel explained it and what the context you've just given it as well. Yeah, on, that makes sense actually, Matt, for you to, yeah, in terms of how he was with Ola, he was mostly just being like, I have to be a good boyfriend. Yeah, and not exactly. Not about what that means. I also did, I mean, I quite liked his and Remy's sit down yeah. conversation where uh, Remy yeah. was kind of like, I'm an asshole, trying to be an asshole. And I yeah. thought that was really lovely. I was a little skeptical that he could be so insightful and self reflective and still go through his life the way he is. But like I think maybe I think that was kind of the point though. It's like yeah. I had in my notes. It's like the first time we've seen his like facade properly break, aside from when he like beat up that tent in the camping episode. Mm. But like this is yeah. like he like truly stopped 
trying to pretend to be anything and just was honest for once, which was kind of nice to see. He became mm. more of a real character, I think, in that moment. Mm, I did I love that he was just like, don't read this book. I it's know, terrible. like, whatever you do, don't read this fucking book. Especially because oh, his you... book is basically a stand-in for, like, Jordan Peterson and people like him. So, yeah, good. Don't read those books. Watching him do his reading at the bookstore was like, <laughs> oh, God. Like I was hating it, and I was I was just also um, kind of complimenting the show. I was like, "Wow, they oh, did yeah. a really good job of making Remy this guy." Because the show, yeah, the show knew exactly what they're doing, and like the, then the tagline. It seems like the tagline of the book is like "Man up," and that's mm. kind of like a, just like a funny thing that sure people would say in this in this world. As yeah. So and again, cool. like this is maybe just the reality of it, but I'm I'm again just like disappointed that Remy can have like all of this insight and reflection and sit down with his son. And still not be like, I'm going to try and be a bigger part of your life. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I abandoned you because I'm an asshole. And like, that's the end of the story. And I can't do anything about it. It's like, talk yeah. about a fixed mindset. He yeah. might think he's so far down the rabbit hole where he's just like, oh, I'm just going to accept who I am, which is a shitty yeah. behavior. But Which is, it's yeah, it's pretty, like this was a good conversation for Otis to have to kind of like see who his dad is and like and get perspective on the whole situation with his parents' divorce and his dad leaving him. Hmm. But it's still not a great outcome that he still doesn't. I mean, I guess like Remy does have a family over in the US now, right? So he True. like, I mean, obviously him and his new wife are divorcing. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what happened. But he has kids and stuff over there. So I feel like, you know, maybe he wants to stay with them at least and not drop them and flee yeah. back to England. I don't know. It's not a ideal situation. I thought it was really just like, just like heartbreaking his question. Did you not like me as much as you thought you would? Like mm. just that question that kids have to have about their parents if, if they leave. Yeah. Just like anyone that hasn't been given the unconditional love that people assume parents give, like all parents give their children, like not all children get that unconditional love. And it's, yeah. It's just sad that there are so many people that have to question that. Yeah. And I guess we also got the flip side this episode because Otis and Jean had a lot of stuff happen, which I think was good. I think that the the scene at the start of the episode where uh, Otis is like, why aren't you talking to me? And Jean's like, because you won't admit that you lied. And then they have their little faux therapy session. It was kind of funny, honestly, and a little sad. Um, I thought it was funny that like the the best like the best conversation they end up having is when they go into like therapy mode like, yeah Otis and G. that's their like, love language I think it it must it must be really weird as Gene to hear this kind of weird pseudo therapy stuff coming out of Otis's mouth like this is what you've been saying to your fucking peers at school oh my god even but, just like this is what you've gotten from me like this yeah. is what you think I do to people which honestly maybe it is like we also oh. do think Jean's an amazing therapist yeah that's actually something that kind of bothered me towards the end during the play when principal graph has his meltdown on stage and blames Gene for literally all of the problems in the school what a fucking lunatic um yeah. otis stands up to defend her which is great honestly it's him showing that he is he has contrition for what he's done and he understands her point of view and he's sorry for the way that he's been treating her which i think is great mm-hmm. but then he's like my mom is an excellent therapist i'm like okay let's not go too <laughs> far hold on let's pump the brakes a bit she's she's probably good maybe in the sessions that we don't see but oh, she has yeah. her moments yeah no need to overdo it you know yeah um principal graph Oh, what a mess. Lunatic is, I think, an apt description. Um, <laughs> he seriously lost it this episode. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit. I think the parallel seeing, like, um, the interaction between Adam and Maureen, where they're, like, both, especially with Adam's, uh, his arc at the end, where he finally come in touch with his emotions, and same with Maureen, she's finding herself to see, like, the complete opposite, like, with mm, that husband and, a good and point. Oh, my God. I loved the Adam arc and I loved the Adam Maureen conversation. Mm. Just like, oh, it's like, I loved Adam and Ola, right? Oh, like, I, I loved. Yeah. Yeah. I it loved, was so nice for him to have like a friend who is happy to say that she's his friend and all that I sort of know. stuff. I know. And just, and just watching him then like hug her mm. and, oh, just because like we, like Adam. In my mind, I'm just seeing him as like textbook, just like bully growing up who like 
had so much anger and so much like inability to process his own emotions and understand them and articulate them and him finally like hearing words about feelings from other people and like Mm. learning what friendship may or may not be and like expressing himself in a hug is just everything I hope for yeah it's just kind of sad too because it feels like that's probably the first hug like that he's ever given right like he's you really get the sense that this is an entirely novel experience for him and it's just kind of heartbreaking and you like you see why he's so angry in when he goes to drop off the food and clothes that Maureen made for Principal Gruff and even in the midst of kind of giving him a compliment, Principal Ruff can't help but slap him, right? Like, um, you've still got your job, wonders never cease. Like, it's right. such a backhanded, it's not even a compliment. It's just mean. Uh, yeah. It's like, even when he's trying to be nice, he's being mean to him. And that is must have been his whole fucking life. No wonder he's a grumpy, an unfriendly person at I school. Kinda... I can't imagine like imagine what his childhood was like. Like if we see mm. like this is how Adam was, imagine what like Groff would have gone through as a kid to be yeah. who he is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I want to be clear here that I'm not excusing the way oh, no. Adam behaved because like, you know, there are a lot of people who have shitty upbringings who don't become bullies yeah. also. Yeah, yeah, so like, uh, but I think it's important that we can still have sympathy for him. Yeah. I think despite that. it's always really important to like distinguish when we're sort of like, understanding someone's motivations and like reasons behind things but not justifying them in any way like they're still responsible and accountable for their actions Mm. um but we can just understand better where they're coming from and have you know empathy for them yeah yeah um Speaking of bullying victims, the other thing that Adam did was jump up on stage and oh profess his love for Eric, which it, I don't know if it needed to happen right then. One, you know, like him jumping up and showing everyone. Oh, yeah. about it's, that. It's, it's, yeah. Again, just like Adam demonstrating his like stunted social skills, yeah. right? Like he's just quite socially inept. And so he's come to this realization and his brain's just like now project it to the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a very simple, like, oh, I know this now. I want to tell people I'm going to get on stage and tell everybody. Yeah. Um, which makes Still kind of hilarious. sweet, though. Yeah. Poor Lily. Her, her, she put so much effort into that show. That and it's stage just production. I oh know. Like, oh, my God. The costumes, the sets, the whole, like, auditorium dedication. Uh, yeah, how much funding did this play get? Because oh that's ridiculous. <laughs> Although it kind of Jean pay extra for their like balcony yeah, seats. Yeah, why are they up in a box seat? I don't really. I like get. that they have those seats in this school. The school's yeah. beautiful. I think my favorite moment of the episode is when Lily speaks into her mic. Dick hands enter, and then <laughs> you get the shot of see... Jackson's mum's going. Coach oh mom. god, yeah, yeah. no. I actually really loved Coach Mum's reaction because she was kind of like smiling and laughing like she was on board for it, but just yeah. like creeped out that there was a dick it, it, remi- it. it reminds me when I saw Cats, the musical, for some reason. With Did you go see it? Yeah, yeah. And we're like we're like up on the top deck. Uh, I think it's Her Majesty's Theatre. I can't remember. Mm. But like they have like before the show and during the intermission, like they actually have actors come out and pretend to be cats and like go yeah. on people's laps oh, and God, everything. No. <laughs> yeah. I think that's worse than the dickhands, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Lily's nailing it, right? Oh, like she's I, the yeah. next oh, yeah. Weber. Yeah, I was thinking this. Like, if she, if this is truly a creation from her brain, she is going to be a very successful playwright for her whole for life, sure. I think. Like, oh, there, yeah. so many Directing, adults would go and see this sort of yeah. shit. The music was incredible. Yeah. Amazing. She right. would have had to have written, like, wrote, like, t- contributed to that score for that yeah well because she's a stage band with eric Mm -hmm. so oh yeah she clearly is like musically talented as well Mm. um so i'm curious how much she had to do with writing all of the music i mean i definitely go see romeo and juliet juliet in a dick forest right like absolutely i would pay money for that (laughs) i think um lily like lily losing control of the show is kind of like let's her let go a little bit later on in in the episode yeah, I think you might be right. That's really interesting because, yeah. Because she, she says to Ola at the start, she's like, I think it's because I put too much pressure on myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so maybe yeah, a disaster so, was a good thing because yeah, like she the worst did happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it all fell apart. And Ola was like, like still loved it and still mm-hmm. went out with her. Mm-hmm. And... and I think the audience still had a great time despite oh, yeah. all of the interruptions. And, yeah. you know, there'll be a show the next night, hopefully. 
Uh, hopefully it doesn't yeah. get cancelled and it'll go without all the interruptions. Hopefully. I think Adam's interruption made it better. I love that yeah. she started, like she was like, he's ruining my play. And then she, she like cued more music. And so yeah. there was like music playing yeah. while he was doing it. And I actually think it almost like enhanced the play. It almost yeah. seems part of it. Mr. Groff ruined it, yeah. obviously. But it was nice that he ruined it, but then was publicly chastised. Like <laughs> yeah. Maxime was like, get down. We're going to go have a conversation. So like, explicitly not endorsed in his behavior by the authorities quote-unquote uh also i like that the audience was all telling him to fuck off basically they're like like, we're having a good time yeah i will say while we're still at the um the play my favorite character for the episode is mr hendrix (laughs) for being someone who's been like behind the scenes at like plays and stuff like everything that he's doing is just brings about funny funny memories and like just just, like abusing quentin oh my relentlessly that's that's, that was comedy gold to me like yelling across the stage what is he saying he says shut the fuck up oh wait shut shut the fuck up quentin you piece of shit jesus christ like like during the play like Yeah. yeah, I also, I did backstage, I ran the backstage for my high school's production of Aladdin the Rock Panto. Honestly, <laughs> I love working backstage. There's none of the pressure of like yeah. performing, which is mm-hmm. good. There's pressure of like getting everything right, obviously. But, um, and then, you know, while things are actually happening, you get to chill and watch the play. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I ever worked backstage on anything. I was always just on the stage. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I was on the stage too, but like when you're when you're not on stage, you're backstage, so you get to see. Yeah, like... but I never did any of the like um like stagehand stuff mm. or like lighting or I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I did like how because because we we just didn't know anything about the play before this episode, yeah. right? Yeah. Like as far as we knew, it was just Romeo and Juliet, and I just loved as it's we slowly saw like we saw it was like face themed and like aliens and then we started seeing like all the stars like thrusting in the background and like and even before that like earlier in the episode Raheem and Eric are talking and Eric is the one who reveals that it's going to be a musical yeah Um, and then then there's the running joke throughout the episode of the poster people being like it looks like a forest full of dicks you're just getting this sense that oh god what has lily done yeah (laughs) but even like the entrance to the the theater was like uh very uh vulval yeah very fleshy yonic (laughs) Yonic, that's the word i'm looking Uh, for (laughs) i don't know Um, how that i don't know how that got greenlit that production well, yeah i mean when you put the reality like, like the fact that yeah. groff apparently like knew some things about it like the fact mm. that it wasn't like it was a post-modern adaptation of yeah. Juliet, but he like hadn't seen any dress rehearsals before this the fact that oh, i can never remember the teacher's name mr hendrix colin mr hendrix yeah colin. sorry the fact that mr hendrix i don't know i like i have myself questioning myself Mm. um like am I have I been brainwashed by like the British school system to think that like I don't know if it is an appropriate school play I don't I don't think it's an appropriate school play probably I think it would be great as an adult's play for sure I think that like this is very extreme for school like considering that high school I mean I don't know about the UK whether this is like a a 9 to 12 thing or whether they're starting as young as like 13 years old but um Mm. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a <laughs> Definitely lot. Definitely parental guidance advised. Yeah. <laughs> Even like the songs they're singing, it's just like harder, harder. And yeah. like, I know. His touch is so soft, but his prick is so hard. Honestly, there are a lot of dick jokes in Shakespeare. So like, it's not actually that weird. Like, I think Shakespeare would have been totally on board with this production. <laughs> uh, the question is whether, yeah, teenagers, I mean, I guess teenagers are thinking about this stuff anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a great. I guess it's like what, like what conversations you have before and after a play like this that really frame mm. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started wondering if I'm a prude. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was one really sad moment, which was like when Eric took Adam's hand, mm. and then it cut to Raheem just like dying. It was pretty I sad. No. And I think yeah. the, the way they timed the whole scene really brought us along with it because you could see it like happening and you could see mm. Raheem and Raheem sort of like looking at Eric and being like, don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't and do then it. Eric being like, Adam has just professed his love for me on this stage in front of everybody. Like I can't reject him. <laughs> I don't even think that was the thought though. I think the thought was like, I do love him uh, yeah. despite all of his flaws. Like he makes me feel this way and Raheem doesn't. 
he makes me sparkle to quote I think yeah I think it was more like like if I put myself in Eric's shoes because I I have this question in my head all the time right like if someone um did like a public proposal or Mm. something would I reject them on the spot or later and like Mm. which is the less cruel thing to do I mean honestly I think I think I would reject them on the spot because they had publicly proposed to me because they <laughs> should know t- me well enough to know that that is not what I want. I know. I hate the idea of it potentially going like viral and them just like being the guy. Yeah. Like, Again, though, it requires a certain level of like... you got to know the person and like what, like where yeah, you guys are like, at. You're just not paying attention, which you should be yeah. if you're considering marrying this person. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. okay. yeah. Very sad for Raheem. Very sad for Raheem. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's a hard one, right? Because I like I'm I ship Adam and Eric. Oh, yeah. Like that's yeah. that's the team that I'm on, but oh, it yeah. required Raheem's heart being broken, which is also yeah. kind of sad. So yeah. I mean, maybe Eric could have handled a bit better. Maybe Eric was doing a little bit of what Otis did, where he like stayed with Raheem because he thought he should, in the way that Otis stayed with Ola because he thought he should. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm. It's because, think... like, he sort of committed to Raheem again after that, like, awful camping experience where mm. Otis's conversation with Eric was, like, um, was more, like, comparing Adam and Raheem from the aspect of, like, how openly gay they were, you know? Like, yeah. the fact that Eric could be in an openly gay relationship with Raheem. And so that probably played a lot into his decision. Yeah. Mm. so yeah great play very dramatic yeah. Uh, yeah. lots of things happened uh, but there's also a lot of other stuff happening in the episode surprisingly oh, yeah. um i think the other big storyline is Maeve's storyline from this episode yeah sad um and like positives and negatives right so yeah. uh at the start of the episode aaron i think aaron has just done too many things for Maeve to ignore it any longer um, yeah. she's dropped the ball and then she nods off on the couch, which is a pretty like strong signal that she's been taking some narcotics. Yeah. Um, and I, that's the moment where Maeve's like, no, it's happening yeah, again. And, it, and like she said, like her, her, her half-sister Elsie is like always grabbing the knife off the oh counter and like all yeah. her clothes are dirty and like she has no one to look after her. Yeah, it's it's not good. So she gets the the brothers next door to do a bit of espionage and find a kit, which they do. Um, I thought it was really interesting that, like, she got Maeve gets the text which has a picture of the evidence that it mm. is going on again, and she immediately goes to call Child Protective Services. And part of me feels like she like had to do it right then, otherwise she was worried that yeah. she would like not do it she she has to do it in the moment when i I, like i know Mm. it's the right thing to do know that elsie is not being looked after correctly Mm. i think as we see that's a really hard thing to do right i think definitely if she confronted her mom about it she was probably worried that her feelings for her mom or like her sympathy would kick in and that Mm. she would be convinced not to call the authorities which seems to have happened in recent episodes anyway where she her mom's convinced her not like mm. to give her another chance and Maeve's probably like, well, she's probably going to do it again. So yeah. I think it's just right now is the time to do it. So. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. I just feel so bad for her because especially what Aaron said right at the end, like, I'll never forgive you for this. Never. Yeah. Um, like that's Rough. fucking heartbreaking, especially for Maeve. Like it, it's heartbreaking for anybody to hear, but we know that Maeve already feels super alone and abandoned over and over and over again and Otis you know turned that screw a couple of episodes ago and now she's kind of being forced to do it to herself um it's yeah I think it it's so hard like when you because because Maeve also like knows her mother and Mm. like has been through a lot of this before and like knows her mother's addiction and disease Mm. and so I think it has all these elements of like her hearing this from her mom and like knowing that her mom's not okay, but like it's still hurting to hear that from her mom. And so she's going through all this like internal turmoil over like having to validate that she knows she's doing the right thing. Hmm. Cause I don't even know like, like how much you can, you can trust like 
Erin saying that she'll never forgive Maeve. Like, I think Erin's mm. not really in a headspace where, oh, yeah. like, she's not committed to the words she's saying. Yeah. But, like, still Maeve has to hear that in the moment and then, like, again, be the adult in the in the scenario and just, yeah. like, still maintain the upper ground. Mm. And it's like you hear that from a parent and it's hard to be objective and rational and be like, she doesn't mean it. This is just the addiction talking. Like that's Mm. a super hard thing to do for anybody, let alone when it's your mother. Mm. Um, And you've just kind of, because they did reconnect, right? Like they had some good times while she's been back and it's like all the more heartbreaking for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this this eventually leads to the end of the episode where we see her leaning on Isaac because he's the one that's been for her lately. Yeah. And while, like, like I can definitely see where she's coming from and, like, so Isaac's a good guy for doing that, it leads to the scene that absolutely pissed me off while watching it when he deletes that beautiful message. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, the yeah. whole time I'm like, no, 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 no. And yeah. then, no. So. It's so funny because, like, obviously the first time I watched it, I didn't know that was coming. And I was kind of on board with Isaac and Maeve. Like, mm. I think it's a cute little thing they've got going. Just Like, I, I, I like Otis and Maeve as well, obviously, but I kind of liked Isaac and I, mm. like, I can see their connection and I, I like that he's, like, openly a fan of Maeve, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of happened right at the end mm-hmm. of the season. I was like, oh, you're the worst. No. But now re-watching it and knowing that that's coming... I think there's a lot more in the season that I noticed him doing that is kind of like we've talked about in other episodes of him not manipulating her, but just like trying to stack the deck and trying to push Otis away and stuff like that. And this is just kind of the culmination of that. So annoying. Yeah. It was a good message too. I know. They they add it like they add the whole element of like we seeing like us seeing Otis come just as Maeve left. Yeah, as soon as that oh they're like just missing each other and Otis has no idea and it's like the best message ever and he confesses mm. his love and it's like it's deleted like no matter what happens from now on like if Maeve finds out or whatever like she's never hearing that message that's the yeah. thing that annoys me the most yeah oh so annoying so annoying yeah. <laughs> and I'm like oh I don't know it's so hard to like get into Isaac's head here because he's I think he's almost like said this it's like overtly to to Maeve before like like oh yeah this is nice but he like he I think in his mind he thinks he's a better match for her you know like they've, mm. they've oh, both yeah. come from like a really shitty childhood and they both live in the caravan path and I do wonder how much he's like it's okay that I'm doing this because I'm the right guy for her mm. and that sort of almost like ironically <clears throat> paralleling Otis's journey where he's yeah. realizing that he's been doing the wrong thing um, thinking that it's the right thing, and now I wonder if Isaac's falling into the same trap. But he's mostly just being an asshole. Maybe yeah. I'm, yeah. I was about to say maybe I'm a bit more pessimistic than you, Mabel. But I feel like he's just doing it because not that he thinks it's right for Maeve. But I think he just wants to, yeah. Like yeah, and yeah. I think again, like Matt talking about how like we've seen this in his earlier behavior as well, how he's just like very pushy and wants what he wants and. <laughs> I don't know, like maybe he's just like grown up and that's the kind of attitude he needs to take. Like yeah. he needs to fight for himself. Otherwise no one else is going to do it for him. He's not going to get what he wants unless he's the one that makes it happen. So yeah. I don't know, but it's shit. Still yeah. shit. Yeah. Such a good message. And the, <laughs> and the quiz heads won and they had Stephen, they got Stephen Fry in to be the, uh, the quiz yeah, master, say, which yeah, is wow. fun. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I don't think the show would have gotten away with them losing I think that would have been too much for Maeve. (laughs) It was too bad of a day. Um, But it's nice to see the team come together. Even though I found Steve's like, uh, maybe we should just give up. That felt Uh, like, uh, (laughs) you're in the middle of it. You can't just leave. What are you talking Mm. about? Um, Steve and Amy. Oh, that was my favorite pairing for the episode. When they, like when she comes and brings the cupcakes to the bus at the start. And And they look good. Yeah, yeah, it looks so good. And she yeah. made them one with his concentration face, which yeah. is just like the cutest thing ever. That, that was my favorite scene from the episode. And then we um, see them in. Yeah, sorry, go. I was just going to say, my favorite quote from the episode is when. Uh, Amy's like, I, I think I want to hang out tonight. And mm. she's like, but I don't think I want to have sex. And mm. Steve is like, I don't care if we never have sex again. I just miss talking to you. I like literally cried when he said that. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. just like, can, can everyone just write that down as the correct response to when someone says that like that's just what people want to hear oh my god 
Yeah. A triple plus Steve. Yeah. They're so they're so wholesome, but they're also so like awkward at the same time. Mm. Like with each other, which just makes it like so cute and adorable, but also like a bit humorous to watch at the same time. And it's just yeah, they're the perfect pair. I mean, it feels believable too. I feel like nobody's really that smooth in their personal life. I mean, maybe that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I will say my other favorite pairing is Viv and Jackson. Mm -hmm. Mm. Their moment they have where they're walking, just like, like it's such such a breath of fresh fresh air, like their friendship, like like in a show. I have to admit, I had a moment of concern. I was like, oh, they're not going to make it like a romantic thing. Viv's not going to try and kiss him or something like that. And they're going to make it weird. But they didn't. It's just friends. And that's all it needs to be. And I love that it's just friends. Completely platonic. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, I love that Viv is like allowing herself the luxury of like, look, I can have friends before university. Like this is... Yeah. Waiting too I realize how nice it is to have people I care about. I also love that she told uh, Dex oh, to take yeah. a hike. Yeah, uh, so good. It's good just riddance. so it's also like so beautiful that like they were both so intre- integral to like both of their stories this season, mm-hmm. and then to see them finally come together. It's just but the perfect way to wrap up both of their stories. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess there were some really nice moments this episodes where like open declaration of friendship which I don't think yeah. is a thing that we do often enough Agreed. like you just hang out with a person enough that it's assumed that you're friends now whereas yeah. in this we're seeing people like you know telling people like I care about you and I, I love that you're one of my friends um, it reminds me there's this thing in French so in in French the French language uh, there's like a formal way of saying you and an informal way of saying you and uh for people you've just met and for professors and people like that use the formal version but there is an actual like social custom there's a way of saying it where you ask to use the informal you with people which feels to me like this kind of thing where you're saying i think we're friends now can i talk to you as a friend and i think that's kind of lovely yeah um, and i wish we did it more often the language yeah. of love french yeah. <laughs> a few other languages that do similar things yeah um i'm wondering how common it is though to have to have explicitly like the question of like can i switch can mm. i switch to this this term now that's yeah. really nice um, super nice yeah, and just like saying I love you as a friend, like between I, I did it was really comical Adam's response when Ola said it, and he's like, um, I'm bi, but like yeah. I don't want to have sex with you. <laughs> yeah. Like as a friend, you idiot. Yes, it's good. <laughs> love exists between friends, and it's nice that like she cares about him enough to know that he isn't always the best with words and just moves yeah, on from yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so good. Probably not a completely uncommon misconception in teens. Like, Mm. love doesn't equal sex. Like, if someone loves you, that doesn't mean that you want to or have to have sex with them. And, like, there's many different kinds of love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Jean's pregnant. Oh, yeah, Jean's pregnant. Wow. (laughs) It was pretty Uh, funny watching her go to the doctor uh, and get diagnosed with heartbreak essentially yeah yeah so um, i'm not gonna lie i knew that happened what? <laughs> yeah. oh in doing some research for a trivia like in a previous episode it, uh, pop- it popped up and it's like yeah, oh okay. here this happens but in future we realize it's because jean is so pregnant. when you finally saw her at the gp's office you're like this is when she finds out she's pregnant yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah. um but yeah, it is... still, nonetheless. what do you think's yeah. gonna happen is she gonna keep uh, it yeah, her and Jakob, like, there's no way they're going to make it that sad. Like, her and Jakob will sort it out. And then Otis and Ola will have a new half-brother, half-sister. God, Otis is really racking up the half-siblings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> is that somehow the episode? I think that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So much happened. Yeah. But there yeah, were but really is, two main storylines. Yeah, what was the end of it? So I guess, like, thing, things kind of just wrapped up for me, I guess. We've got the big cliffhanger with Otis's message being deleted. Yeah. Um, we get the positive with, like, Lily finally being able to use the next die later in her mm. box. That's exciting. Um, and then we've got Jean being pregnant, and we don't know what's going to happen there. And yeah. Principal Gruff being forced to take leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're going to have a new potentially interim headmaster. Mm. And I guess Eric's now seeing Adam. Hmm. I reckon and some- Adam is now oh, yeah. out, kind of. Oh yeah. yeah. I reckon somehow they're gonna make Gene principal or something like that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
See, I think that that's the four, three open storylines we still have left. Everything was wrapped up otherwise mm. pretty well, I thought. So, mm. yeah. Kudos. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess like there's a question around like outside of her relationship with Isaac and Otis about like what's going to happen with Maeve's family now. Yeah. Like, true. Is, is this uh, a permanent separation or is Aaron going to talk them out of it or something like that? I don't know. And yeah, I do continue to like how this show does go into some quite serious and real themes mm. and how like, because that's the reality of high school and life, but in high school, like this shit's always going on in the background and it's kind of, it's kind of nice to see both sides. Like Otis is going through his own shit and then he's like professing his love to May, but he has like no idea like what's on the other side of her like voice message like she's going through all this shit with his family and I think that happens all the time like you only have your side and you have yeah. no idea what's going on in the other person's life and and a lot of the time it can be very serious shit yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. I don't even know if Maeve had heard that voice message where her head would be at at the moment like whether she's even in like romance mode yeah. after what just happened I don't yeah. even know how she would have received it. Like she could have just been like too little, too late. Like sorry, Otis. Could like, have been. Otis. I like to think that it would have been a counterpoint, like a positive counterpoint to the shitty day, the, the shitty end of the day, at least that she yeah. had. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, making her feel less alone. Because I feel like when the car drives away at the end, there she feels pretty fucking alone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, I, I, I think she would have really liked it. Um, I don't oh, know if she could have like responded romantically, but I think she would have really enjoyed having Otis like as someone not. to lean on again, like just someone yeah. in her life. Cool. Ugh. Oh, one thing I wanted to call out: uh, a few times in previous episodes, I've pointed out where they have made references that I think are explicitly references oh, to yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Um, number three, I think it is, and it is an unambiguous reference to RuPaul's Drag Race okay. in the. Uh, the quiz when they get to the part where they're answering questions correctly quickly one of the answers that viv gives is charisma uniqueness nerve and talent which is a thing that rupaul says obviously it spells cunt which is very funny and very camp um it's the way that rue describes like a good drag queen has charisma uniqueness nerve and talent it's like so unambiguously now 100 percent there is someone on the writing team who's a fan of RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race and is trying their very best to put as much of it into the show oh God, as they can. That. We need to get, need to get you an interview with them. So I know. Watch. I want them to notice yeah. that we know. We know what you're oh doing. Oh, my God. I love it. Um, on the quiz, mm. what do you even think of the final Mew question? Meow. Uh, I mean, I think asking a question what Mew means in statistics would have been better than just saying it's what a, is Mew. It was a poorly phrased question. Like, yeah. what is an example of Mew, M-U? Or like, what is, I'm like, well, it's a, the, it's a Greek letter. It's yeah. a friction yeah. coefficient. Like, there are so the many things. the other team said, like, the fairest <laughs> hat makes yeah. or whatever, I'm like, there's no way the champion team said that as a response to what is an example of Mew. Yeah. Um, it was also a bit curious how, like, the quiz heads come back. Like, they were sucking, and then all of a sudden, Viv's brain heart is like, let's yeah. start playing to our strengths, you know? Like, yeah. let's start well, answering the questions we actually know the answers to. And yeah. then all of a sudden, they're like answering all the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was a good pep talk, and it was good yeah. because it, it is the counterpoint to the previous one, the previous quiz we watched, where Maeve fucking up was a fracturing of the team this was a chance for the team to come together which was kind of nice mm-hmm. yeah yeah cool cool i think that's the episode yeah good season honestly yeah yeah excited for what happens in season three yeah i think that yeah they do a pretty good job of like both giving us i think that sense of closure like they mm. close a lot of things but then they do the whole like cliffhanger thing so season three is going to be exciting and yeah. i'm looking forward to it but like mm-hmm. I feel kind of calm with the things that did get resolved. So let's move yeah. on to trivia. Trivia. Ooh. All right. So currently the scores are 19 apiece. Mm-hmm. So the winner, well, hopefully we get a winner. I'll have to come up with a tiebreaker. As yeah. usual, I haven't done the extra prep that I always say I'll do to give myself <laughs> that competitive edge. I'm just as unprepared as always. Excellent. All right. First question. As Jida and Otis try to hash things out the day after, she discovers him being sex kid. We see them first try to enjoy a nice morning outside on the balcony before things predictably boil over. 
Otis starts the hard conversation by shutting his laptop down, showing us a sticker of what type of ancient warrior on the back of the laptop. Warrior. <laughs> Whoa, that's hard. I, I, I love guess the, I'm just the way your guess. brain works, Mitch. Mm-hmm. What type of ancient warrior? I'm just going to have a guess. Me too. Hopefully our guesses are different and one of us, i.e. me, is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, then. Mabel, let's see your correct answer. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> we both picked Samurai. That's so and funny. You're both correct. We're correct. That's yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> cool. Off to a good start. I thought you were going to guess that too. <laughs> I swear to God. I've got a couple of like closest to questions, so hopefully cool. that will make it. Yeah, that, 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 um, unless yeah, we do what we did. Sometimes Matt and I, our brains work too similarly. <laughs> mm, I think so. Okay, next question. Elsie is left inside unattended as she almost grabs a fucking knife off the kitchen counter before Maeve swoops in and saves the day. Erin comes in and exclaims it's nothing to stress about as she was just outside smoking a fag. Whilst she's in a graphic tee of what 80s slash 90s band? A, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. B, U2. C, the Smashing Pumpkins. D, Nirvana. I'm doing this based on what I think... Erin would wear. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not doing this based on like what I remember seeing. I'm yeah. just going mm. off what, what I think would wear. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, Matt, what have you put down? Nirvana. D. D Nirvana. Mabel? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, well, you both have the same answer. Neither of you get a point. It's huh? B, you two. Oh, oh, okay. My second option was going to be Smashing Pumpkins anyway, so I guess mm-hmm. I was I was not going to get it. Next you question. Too. Yeah, you I guess too, that, yeah. that probably does. Like, I think Nirvana's probably more Maeve and you two might be more Erin. Yeah. But she literally would have been the age of Maeve when Nirvana was big. Mm. So, so I can see you would have liked it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. The quiz heads are down bad going to the final round of the trivia championships. Viv gives a top five motivational speech of all time, saying, we're not giving up, we'll stand here and fight, to abbreviate. As the Quidsheads make the epic comeback, winning 88 to 89, what team do they beat? Oh, Fuck. do I remember it? I think I do, Fuck. maybe. <laughs> Matt's quietly confident. Oh. I feel like it was a really stupid name. <laughs> I don't know. Are you, you've got something, Matt? Okay. I do. I'll write something. Are you like confident in yours? I don't think that should inform your answer at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm ready. I think Matt has an educated guess. I got um, nothing. I've got Mabel, you're first up. Let's see. The Aces? The aces. Mm, or Matt. the Knowledge Knights? It is the Knowledge Knights. Matt takes yes. the lead. Woohoo. I think I should get a half point because it was a lame name. <laughs> I don't know if that's no. how trivia works. No, it's not. Okay. Next question. Damn it! Viv finally cuts off all feelings for Dex as she as he tries to convince her to join him in watching Jackson make an absolute twin of himself tonight at the performance. Again, with another awe-inspiring quote stating that Jackson is being brave, putting himself out there, but Dex is only known for doing one thing really, really well. Dex counters saying he's ranked what. And I'm assuming mm. his ranking is in the world. What is Dex's? What does he say his ranking is I in the world? The question. Closest to the ranking gets the point. Okay, I've put down a number. Wait, yeah. Matt, do you know? I don't know. I have a vague okay. idea, but I'm not okay. 100%. Okay. Okay, Matt, let's see. I said 28th. Mabel? I said 26th. The answer is 28th. Oh my god, Matthew. Jesus, how many questions we have left? Four questions left. So, Mabel, still have a chance to bring it back. Oh, but like, yeah, I'm skeptical because I don't know anything that Matt doesn't. (laughs) Don't don't pull a Steve and give up halfway through the game, exactly. Also. Before at the start of this, we were evenly tied, so clearly, you're not that bad at trivia. These questions aren't like normal trivia. These are like just random okay. shit that I see throughout the episode. Okay, okay, okay. Behind thanks, the scenes. Thanks, guys, for the pep talk. <laughs> yeah. 
Behind the scenes, Mr. Hendricks is trying to get all the choreography together with the students, singing a tune along to the dance to make it easier for them to remember. Fill in the blank of this chant. Five, six, seven, eight. Elbow, elbow, up, down, twist, twist, up, down, blank, 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 not at me. <laughs> the blank, 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 blank. The blank, 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 blank is the same thing repeated twice. Cool. And he, and he goes, not at me, I'm faculty. Yes, I remember yeah, this moment. I remember, that I remember the faculty bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm going to be completely wrong, but I'm just going <laughs> to put something down to move us along. And Thank it kind of matches what they're doing. Mm. Have we both got an answer? <laughs> when you're ready, Mabel, you can show us all your answer. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. I can't remember which like five of their bodies. I don't know. Booty's out. Booty's out. I said twerk back, twerk back. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he says, okay, five, six, seven, eight. Elbow, elbow, up, down, twist, twist, up, down, and pop it. Oh, and pop yeah, it. Pop it. Mm, yeah. Uh, Not at me. Yeah. I'm yeah. Oh, that was a tough one. <laughs> it was a tough one. Yes. Yeah. Three questions to go. Lily has a clear future in Broadway management and direction, helming the lights and the cameras to expertise whilst yelling at Mr. Hendricks over the intercoms. What's even more impressive is her costumes and stage design, forming the stage into what? What? I don't even think I even understand the question. What is, what is the stage? What is it? Yeah. Did I not notice? Oh, my God. I didn't notice on, until second year, so maybe you should have gone on second year. Like you say, you would. Matt knows. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just guessing. Okay. I think it's a pretty, there's a pretty safe bet here. As an I don't know. Okay. Matt. Penis. Mabel. Oh, I went the other way. Volvo. Sorry. The stage itself is the shape of a penis. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't know this. You know how it was like a long like catwalk down the middle? Yeah. At the There's end like, it has like a tip. Yeah, it has a tip. I didn't notice that at all. And then there is like where the um where the band sitting like behind them. There's like there's actual like bowls. Hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. is penises with Lily. Like yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Everything that isn't explicitly a vulva is a penis. That's that's yeah, the way I think I was like I was picturing like the stage space and to me that like lended itself more to a vulva than a penis like I didn't think about like the floor stage mm -hmm. um yeah okay okay this next question is worth two points in the scene that really pissed me off as we already talked about we see Isaac listen and delete Otis's beautiful message to Maeve because for some reason she decides to leave her phone there like what the fuck <laughs> what did Isaac get Maeve to go get from the shops are you looking for one item two Two, please. Okay. Mabel. Milk and crisps. Matt. Eggs and crisps. <laughs> oh, shit. The answer is milk and crisps. Mabel. Oh. But yeah. Matt gets, uh, it still makes us score three, five, and there's one question for you. <laughs> I do think, like, I, I think it was actually a little ambiguous whether she was just, like, I don't, he specifically asked for crisps at the end. I think yes. it's a little ambiguous. So, she looks in the fridge and she's like, you don't even have any milk. Mm. And he's like, go ah. get, and she's like, I'll go get that and some other stuff. Yeah, like, she said, yeah. She did say See, other stuff. It wasn't clear. Yeah, no, that's fine though. I, I'm in my memory. She said, you don't even have any eggs, which I yeah, think makes more sense in the context of like, I'm making an omelet. You don't yeah, even yeah. have any eggs, but yeah. that's fine. Yeah. I got it wrong. Uh, yeah. Isaac specifically says milk and then crisps as she's leaving. So, yeah. Yeah. Last question. This episode is the lowest rated episode on IMDb. True or false? Lowest? Oh. Like out of the season or like the, all of them? The, Every, the... Well, I only look at season three, but season one to two. Okay. Uh, Matt. I said false. I Maybe. feel like there are I, way worse episodes. I also said false just because of my opinion of the episode. Okay, so you both get an episode, but when I was doing my trivia research this morning, I looked in the IMDb, and in the IMDb trivia for this episode, it says this is the lowest rated episode on IMDb. Huh. And I'm like, wait, no, this is bullshit. So I go back, this episode has a 7.8, and then there's an episode, I can't remember which one it was, and another episode is 7.7. 7. 
So immediately I called out called it out on its bullshit, but the trivia yeah. reckons it was. So maybe when they wrote that trivia, it was lower rated. Yeah, yeah possibly. Yeah. I love though that the lowest rated episode of this show is 7.7. Like that's pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, there you go. That's trivia. Wait for awesome. Matt wins. Matt, I'm afraid. Well, in your case, Mabel, I'm afraid wins. <laughs> yeah, well, what is this preferential treatment going on? <laughs> Jesus. So I just like a close game. That's all. I just want to be honest. Close. Okay. So I hate losing. I'm extremely competitive and I'm a sore loser. So this sucks. But mm. I also hate choosing things. So the fact that the onus is on you to like choose one of the mm. mid-season watches takes mm. the pressure off me. So that's great. Cool. So, sorry, yeah, real quick. The other episode, yeah, it was uh, the only other episode, season one is all above and the only episode below it was in this season was the camping episode. Got a 7.7. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not a particularly yeah. exciting episode. But still, yeah. 7.7. Amazing. Great score. Very good. Yeah. 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 Well, there you have it. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Uh, season two, done. Season yeah. three, on the way. Um, so I think in terms like... of trivia, mm-hmm. so we're restarting the count next week. I will restart the count. I think like uh, the end of last season, we'll probably take a, a two-week break um, just to have a rest. Uh, and then we'll do one or two movie episodes, and then we'll come back and watch season three. Yeah. Uh, which is exciting. Um, yeah. So keep an eye out for that. I think one of the movies we watch will be Hedwig and the Angry Inch, but we'll have so. a, a discussion around what the other one is. Um, if not, let's have a request. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Is there a movie with sex stuff in it that you want us to watch? That was really um, good or really bad. Yeah, either or. How they did the sex stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let us know. Uh, let us know what you thought of season two. Are you excited for season three? Which one's your favorite? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, hope you enjoyed listening and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.